Well, good morning, church family. I am so humbled and honored to be with you today. I want to say good morning to our online church family as well. Can we welcome them and just say welcome them in our room? We love you guys. I'm, I get the joy of chatting with you guys um, most Sunday mornings, and so I'm glad you are here wherever you're watching from, spring break, at home. We are glad you are in the room with us today. So I want to start off today by asking you a question. Who is currently chasing a very big dream? Okay, a few hands. Okay. You are in hot pursuit of a big dream. Okay. Who in here has dreams? Okay, a few more hands. Okay, good, good. Um, Maybe some of you are chasing dreams right now. Maybe you're in school or you're starting a new business. Maybe you want to go somewhere, whether that's missional or, or maybe you just feel the call to go. Maybe you're dreaming of finding your spouse or maybe having a family. Whether we really recognize it in the moment or not, we all have dreams, right? Um, for me, I have, I've called this my church home for 11 years, and um, it has, for the last two years, I've served as communications director, and I just, I do want to say, I, um, I love Aaron and Brianne. They are incredible leaders. We hear it from guest speakers a lot, but um, I've called them my friends for a long time, and they are incredible people. They love you. They want nothing more than for the Holy Spirit to work through them. They pray for you. And um, it's been a joy to just um, serve alongside them in this season. But um, in God's timing, not my own, I started here on February 3rd, 2020. And that was my big dream at the time. I was starting a new role. I was coming in with big ideas and, and change I wanted to make. And um, I wanted to, to make an impact, right? I wanted to serve our church family. I got five normal Sundays. That's gonna be like my claim to fame forever. <laughs> I got five, what we would have at the time considered normal Sundays. And my dreams got put on pause like a lot of people's, right? We had to make, as a, as a staff and a pastoral team, we had to make an emergency pivot to online church. And thank God, even in those five weeks, God had prepared um, things in place where we were able to go online that very first Sunday. But I remember in this season, I, I had a joke with God, right? I, um, I would, wherever I was standing or if I was in my house or if I was outside, I was looking at the sky or the ceiling and I'd look up and I'd say, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, and sometimes it was laughing, sometimes not. But I would say, this isn't what I signed up for. God, I had these big dreams and plans and this is totally different than what I had hoped would be in front of me. What has slowed our pursuit of our dreams in this season? I'm gonna say part of it is our society, right? We have, been, we have been functioning to be prepared for the worst, right? You turn on the news and there's a headline and you just think, now what? I've called this my now what season as well. Now what? You um, open your email and you get an email you do not want to read. Now what? And then you uh, get a phone call from the principal for your kids, and you just think, now what? There has been bad news around every corner. And it's been a challenging season. I'm, I don't want to downplay it. I really don't. I want, I want to say that 
we've all lost something in this season. I'll share a few of mine because why not be super vulnerable the first time you're on stage, right? That sounds like a really good idea. So um, about four and a half years ago, um, my son, who um, was little at the time, about five, started having really severe symptoms. And we walked through a long, we walked through about a year and a half to get to a diagnosis. And then um, we've walked through about three years with his diagnosis and his disease. We've gone through tests and procedures and medications and specialists and week-long hospital stays and kind of thing after thing. And um, he is considered immunocompromised. And in November of 2020, the medication he was currently on was failing him. And he didn't have a medication at that time and he had to switch to something else. And um, it was scary. It was extremely scary at this time to um, reconcile what was going on with our, with our little boy. And we were extremely scared, right? You're in the middle of a pandemic with an immunocompromised child. I'm really thankful to say that um, he's been on that new medication for about a, a year and a, and a half now, and he's stable. And our, our prayer team has walked with us through this. I filled out those connect cards and I kept them updated every step of the way. This is how you can pray for us. But if you have been through disease, diagnosis, hospitalization, if you've worked in the healthcare system, bless you, if you've worked in the healthcare system during this time, I'm gonna say you've lost something. I'm gonna say that you've lost something. Um, the second thing I've walked through in this season, I am an only child to a single mom. And due to the extreme isolation periods that we experienced at the beginning, um, I noticed my mom was starting to decline to dementia. I knew we had, my grandmother had dementia, and so I kind of knew what was coming, but it happened so much sooner than I think it should have. So, and in about a matter of six months last summer, I realized she was declining so rapidly. And so in October of last year, we moved her from Idaho to McMinnville so, and got her in a care facility to help care for her needs. But if you have had a dynamic shift in your family in this season, if you have had to take on caretaker roles, I'm gonna say that you've lost something. And these are just my stories, right? What are your stories? Maybe you've suffered financial losses in this season. Maybe you've had to let people go. Maybe you were stepping into something new. Maybe you had a dream like mine where you were stepping into something new and it looks so different than what you hoped it would. I wanna read today for, out of 1 Peter 3. Um, and when, when our Bible was put together in the canon of scripture and, and scriptures were given numbers after the fact, right? It was given this header after the fact. And this section is called Suffering for Righteousness Sake. Okay, let's read this together. Finally, all of you, having unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, 
Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. I love this passage. Peter wrote this passage to encourage and support Hebrew Christians during a time of acute trial. Peter is calling us to live to the higher calling, and that calling is Jesus, right? Peter was a friend of Jesus. He saw his suffering. And this is the thing I want to catch in this whole message today, is that Jesus is our ultimate example of walking in holiness despite living in a hostile world. Many commentators call the book of 1 Peter the Job of the New Testament, right? Because Job was righteous, but he suffered so greatly. Suffer or suffering is used in 1 Peter about 20% of the time it's used in the Bible. That's a lot of suffering in one little book. <laughs> but Peter is sharing this importance. You need to live well even in unjust circumstances. So as we turn the corner, right, we had those now what, always waiting for the next shoe to drop. How do we ask God what now? How do we ask him what's next? How do we move forward? Did you know that God's called you to greatness? Isn't that really cool? <laughs> An all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, all-present God who does not need or lack anything wanted you. He chose you, he created you, and he created you to live out a calling on your life that he has given only specifically you. But collectively as a church body, right, as Christians, it's glory to God and the good of people. It is to love God and give him away. So how do we start dreaming again? How do we take these big or small or in-between dreams and how do we look to the future rather than being stuck in our circumstances? This very, very wise guy that I know said, decisions determine your destination, right? And so if we are making decisions, if we are, are acting in a certain, if we're taking steps forward, as we reconcile the suffering, right? We have to reconcile it, whether that's with God or with people or with a counselor, we have to reconcile what's been lost, but we need to turn a corner and live like Jesus to take these action steps and let him lead where he wants us to go. Jesus is our ultimate example in character and conduct, right? 
And so we're going to take um, this verse 8 that we, we talked through at the beginning. We're going to take this verse 8 and we're going to break it down. Because these are going to be um, five decisions, or you could also write actions. I'm going to kind of use the word actions in this. Five um, decisions to dream again. So the first one is this, unity of mind. This is um, described as being harmonious, like-minded. We do not have all the same likes and habits and gifts, right? We are all uniquely created, but we have a common mindset found in Christ. We, Peter is calling us to be unified in Christian doctrine and practiced, maintained throughout the entire body of Christ. Let's look at Philippians 1, 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel for, of Christ, so that whether I come see you or I am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. When I read this verse, I'm thinking, this is the Holy Spirit working through you, right? How many of you get like those little like Holy Spirit taps on the shoulders or a little nudge to talk to someone? Man, I should talk to them. Maybe, man, I should reach out to them. How much better would our society be if we allowed the Holy Spirit to work through each one of us? And we acted on those promptings. This is something that is so glorious about working on staff is because we get to see this behind the scenes where one little yes for someone to use a building brings one person that comes that invites their family member and they say, I needed to hear this message on that morning. When someone comes and they say, you prayed for me six months ago and I don't know if I would have been here if you didn't pray for me back then. Because when we follow the Holy Spirit promptings, we are living out the gospel. We're living out this calling and we're moving forward in what he has for us. Let's look at number two. This is um, sympathy. This is described as an intimate association with another's suffering or misfortune, tender concern or entering another's emotional experience. Two verses that are um, on kind of the sympathy We'll read Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. When I was reading commentaries on this section, I found this phrase that said, there are little sympathies all around. There are little sympathies all around. And this made me think of my Friday mornings. So um, our staff takes Friday and Saturdays as our weekend. And Friday mornings, I drive out to McMinnville, and that's the time that I spend with my mom. So we'll do whatever she wants in, on Friday mornings. We'll go to the store. We'll get pedicures. We'll get coffee. We'll do whatever she wants on Friday mornings. And so when I head out there, I normally have, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old little girl, and um, she heads out there with me. And when we go to the store, it's a bit of a juggling act, okay? So I get out of the car, I'm unbuckling baby, getting her all ready, it's cold outside, wrapping a blanket around her. The entire time I'm, I'm verbally reminding my mom, stay seated, I will come around and I will help you in a moment. Just stay right there, I will be right there. So put baby on my hip, walk around the car, help my mom, she's a, a little bit of a fall risk right now, and so I help her get unbuckled and turn and get both 
feet pointed outward and then help get her out of the car. And then when we come back out of the store, it's the same thing but in reverse and with a cart. And so I take the baby out of the cart, get mom seated, get baby in her car seat. And you know what's the greatest sympathy to me? Someone who takes my cart back. It's happened to me twice, so bless you whoever took my cart back. But, but it is the littlest sympathy because I'm juggling a lot, I'm sweaty, I'm nervous, I'm trying to protect the people that I love and that's one less moment I'm away from them. How much better would we be if we see these little sympathies and we act them out in our lives? The next one is this, brotherly love. This is described as we, that we are no longer strangers. We are no longer acquaintances. We are no longer distant relatives. We are close in brotherly love. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Let's um, go back to that first section that we were reading through, 1 Peter 3. This, these are verses 10 through 11. And Peter's actually, um, he's quoting Psalm 34 right in this quoted section. Whoever desires to love life and see good days. Who desires to love life and see good days, yeah? Okay. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. That last line, seek, there's two words in there, seek, peace, but seek, I'm oh, sorry, seek and pursue. And I think those are two different things. I'm gonna talk to the ladies for a second. Have you ever lost the back of an earring in the carpet? <laughs> I don't know what it'd be for guys, maybe like a nail, like you were like hanging a picture frame. I don't know what it would be for guys. But if you've ever lost a tiny back of the earring in your carpet, it is one thing to seek it and stand and look. It is another thing entirely to get down on your hands and knees and pursue it in the carpet. And when I think of seeking and pursuing peace, we have to be fervent in our search for peace. There is conflict everywhere between us, in our cities, in our world. But we're called to be brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't know about you, but I think maybe some of us have suffered the loss of either family or friend relationships in this season, where people have basically broken up with one another and they've just said, I'm done. It's one thing to seek peace and, and say, hey, like, let's talk this out. I've been in a season where I've, I've looked for peace and that person does not want to talk. I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm blameless. I hurt someone. But we could not reconcile. And I had this verse up on my mirror for probably about three months because I had to submit this to the Lord. It's Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I had to submit it to the Lord and just say, Lord, search me and know me. Make me better from this situation, but bring peace where I, I've, I've looked for it, but it, it has not been pursued by both sides. 
I've been in a situation where peace has been pursued. And in that situation, you say, maybe we won't be friends at the end of this, but let's talk it out. Let's talk out what's happened. And this is what God's calling us to, right? We're seeking, but we're also pursuing peace with one another. We are called brothers and sisters in Christ for a reason. Because we're supposed to love one another in this way. Number four is this, tender heart. It can also be translated well bowels. Um, And it is that gut feeling of tender affection. That pit of your stomach empathy for another person's affliction. Let's read uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine. This is Jesus talking, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you've studied the scripture in the Bible, you know that a yoke is kind of that wood piece that goes over to oxen normally, pulling, plowing. It is hard work. It is laborious, right? And yet we see words in here like humble and gentle. We find rest for our souls. Jesus is telling us that we need to have this tender heart. Let's go back to 1 Peter 3, 9 that we read earlier as well. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. That tender heart translates to our enemies too. Look at the words here. So um, on the contrary, you're supposed to bless, right? Instead of evil for evil and reviling for reviling. This word bless is eulogetos in the Greek, and it means to speak well of someone. But Jesus goes even further than that, right? In his actions, in what he shares with us, it's far beyond a friendly disposition. Like you see your enemy and you're like, Like, it goes far beyond that. And it means really active prayer and intercession. Our desires as Christians should not be revenge, but to grant the gift of grace. Grace has been given so freely to us. Why don't we give it away? That is a gut feeling, right? when you extend that grace to others. Let's go on. Uh, Number five is humble mind. Personal humility, a willingness and openness to God to reveal the correct attitude one should have. This should produce harmony in the local body. This is the question you have to ask yourself with a humble mind. Are you open to God showing you whether your attitude or your action is adding or detracting from the local body? Let's read Philippians 2, 5 through 7. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of man, did not, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful God, decided to stand in your boots, because he wanted to show you 
how to walk through this life as the perfect example. Man, that's humility, right? That's a humble mind. When I think about living in humility like Jesus, where my life has looked like his the most has been in my tribes. When I'm meeting with people, every time we meet together, we study scripture, we strengthen and encourage each other, I walk away better. I walk away ready to live more like Christ and align my life with him. I'm ready to live out Jesus' calling by the people who I'm around. I'm going to do a shameless plug, and it really is shameless because it's for Jesus. But I, I'm, um, I'm going to host a tribe in May, and I worked with Pastor Brett. If we could get a couple tribes up on our website, and it's on the Church Center app as well. Um, and I'm going to host a women's study in May. Um, and it's on a study called Find Your People. And the premise of it is basically um, building deep community in a lonely and broken world. We are the most connected generation. We have the most tools to be connected to one another, and we are the most lonely. Pre-pandemic numbers say three in five people said they're lonely. Do you think it's four in five or five in five now? And this thing, these relationships that we have with each other, we go, hi, hello, it's good to see you, and we don't go deeper. There's something broken there. We are too scared to need each other. How many of you like asking for help? I'm an Enneagram too. It is so hard to ask for help. <laughs> but we need to work this out. We need to look at Jesus and look at the scriptures and fix this. So if you're a lady and you want to hang out with me on Tuesdays, you can sign up for my tribe online. But here's the bigger picture. Part of having a humble mind is being willing to meet with one another. It is willing to let iron sharpen iron. We take the scriptures, we apply it. We have these aha moments. Have you ever been in a group where someone's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And we all share that aha moment because it was shared by one. I wanna close with this. I'm gonna share a story about my dining room table, which that sounds odd because it's an inanimate object, but I'm going to stay with me here. When we moved into our home, it took us two years to find the right table for our dining room. It's a long room and we just, we didn't wanna spend a ton of money on a dining table and chairs. And so it kind of sat empty for two years. And some of our church friends actually from Red Hills were moving out of state and they put up their table for sale and it was perfect. And these friends were actually hosting tribes in their house. They were having conversations around this table and studying God's word and laughing and crying and sharing life together. And I just thought, this is an heirloom. It's getting passed on to me. Their tribe's table is getting passed on to our tribe. And I had all these hopes of all these laughter and joy and stories that would be passed and happen around our table. I want to show you this photo. Um, this is actually the last group that was around um, that table. You know what day this picture was taken? March 11th, 2020. 
done a lot of life together. We have um, had joys and sorrows and uh, new homes and new babies, to be honest with you, every couple in this picture had a baby since this picture was taken. <laughs> so, um, but I'm gonna say we've missed a lot over the last couple years. I am. And I had this cleaning day about a month ago where I went and I looked down the table and there was a big swoop where there was no dust. And then there was dust on the other side of it. And God reminded me of this moment when I was, would be standing in front of you. And he said, it's time to set the table again. It's time to take those dreams and those hopes and those areas of your life that have gotten dusty and God wants to use them and he'll help you pursue them. And while we've experienced suffering, I really don't want to downplay that. God hasn't left you. And his dreams haven't either. They're still waiting for you. Your soul may feel dusty, but God's saying it's time to take these actions, these small, simple actions where we live in Christ every day and what he will walk with you. When we set the table, we move from now what to what now, God? What do you have next? Where do you want us to go? What dreams do you want us to chase? What have you given us that we can fervently seek for the future? As we step into this, he'll continue to reveal those dreams. He'll make a way after a long, dry season. He'll show you just great ways. Great ways he'll work through you, bigger than you could ask or think or imagine. So let's pray together. Let's pray for God to remind us of these dreams or give us new dreams. And let's step forward. Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you for the people in this room. I thank you for the people online. I thank you for this, this time you appointed where we can say, what now, God? What do you have next for us? We ask that we take these small steps towards you, that you reveal your dreams, your plans for us, Lord God. As we step into a new season, we pray that we are refreshed Lord God, we pray that we take small steps to, towards you, but you take big steps towards us, Lord God. You see us and you walk with us. Help us search and find these dreams, Lord God. We pray this in your name. Amen.